0: Hello, my name is Kevin Rognes and I am the discipleship director here at Faith Covenant and you're listening or watching the Faith Covenant weekly podcast and I'm very excited that you would join us today. Whether you're watching or listening, very happy that you could be here. Right now we're doing a couple of episodes about giving, but first I want to remind us that discipleship, as we define it here at Faith Covenant, is essentially walking with God, with others, with God's Word. So we're currently doing a series about giving and how giving is connected to discipleship. And we're talking about giving our treasures, our talents, and our time. So last week, the episode we had was about the treasures portion of it, or giving financially. And this week, we're gonna be talking about what it means to be giving of our talents and giving of our, the things that we can do in the church and in the kingdom of God so to do that uh, we're going to be looking at a few pieces of scripture but before we delve into scripture i just want to share something that tim keller once said you may have heard of tim keller he's a well-known pastor and writer excellent writer i I highly recommend his books Um, but something that he once wrote really stuck with me where he writes if you have money power and status today it is due to the century and place in which you were born to your talents and capacities and health, none of which you earned. In short, all your resources are in the end, the gift of God. I think that's really important for us to remember because when we give anything, whether it's our treasures, our talents, or our time, it's because we have been given so much. We give because we reflect the design of a God who gave us so much. So what does the Bible say about giving your talents or your gifts? So there's lots of places that we can look at this. There's so many places we could go in Scripture where we see people who are uniquely talented for the tasks that God appoints them to. We're not going to go into every one of those, of course, because there's just too many of those. Um, but Paul, is the Apostle Paul, who uh, was shortly after the time of Jesus, he writes about this a lot. One of the places that he does this is very notably in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 26. So we're going to read, um, or we're going to spend most of our time there today in those verses and kind of comment on a few of the things that we see happening there. So again, I'm looking in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 26. Where it, and so first I'm going to go with verses 4 through 6, where it reads, Now there are different gifts but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. So right off the bat in this passage we see the naming of gifts, ministries, and activities. Now this encompasses a wide range of things. Gifts can be things like prophecy or the ability to discern with wisdom. Um, It can be teaching, it can be understanding God's word. Ministries encompass a lot of things. Some people have the ministry of being able to pray for each other. Others have the ministry of ministering uh, words of healing or words of discernment. Lots of different ministry options, ministry options to do outreach for poverty or healthcare, those kinds of things. Activities can mean a whole lot of things. Sometimes these activities are very tangible things like construction or cleaning or building things for the homeless. So a lot of things are encompassed in these gifts, ministries, or activities. Some of the things may not seem spiritual. Some of these things seem non-spiritual, such as things of service like Um, helping someone clean up their home or build a home or repair their car, change their oil. But anytime we do these things in service of other people or in service of God's kingdom, they are spiritual activities. And you could even say it's a spiritual gift. Now I'm gonna move on and read through verses seven through 11 of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. A manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good to one is given a message of wisdom through the spirit to another a message of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit spirit <laughs> to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another the performing of miracles to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. So what I find interesting in this passage is that all of us are given very, very different gifts. And these things that Paul lists here are not necessarily an exhaustive list of gifts. It's some of the gifts, certainly, but there may be more. There may be many more that manifest throughout time. So this is not the definitive list of everything that you may be gifted for. Likewise, I really appreciate that Paul says that everybody has different gifts. We don't have to think that we have it all. It's important for us to realize that because sometimes when we see the giftedness of other people, it can cause us to covet their gifts and also feel insecure about the gifts that we have. Sometimes I look at other people and I think, wow, they are really blessed with the ability to just pray in any situation and have a really, really deep prayer life. I'm also sometimes really impressed that people have just an amazing ability to ask really insightful questions of one another. It's important for me not to do that to not begrudge anybody else their gifts and wish that I had their gifts and instead be thankful that I know them and I have them in my life. I can celebrate the gifts that God has given me and celebrate the gifts that God has given them. Likewise, we can appreciate one another's gifts and rely upon each other. Other people's gifts are our opportunity to rely upon them. So then moving on to verse 12 through 24, I'm gonna read this kind of all in one big chunk because uh, Paul is making a really big metaphor here about how since we are the body of Christ, the body has many different parts. Our human bodies have many different parts that work together to accomplish things in the world. So let's read that passage here. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body. So also is Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we are all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, It is not for that reason, any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason, any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, what would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable and those parts of the body that we consider less honorable we clothe these with greater honor and our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect which our respectable parts do not need so there's a lot happening in this passage isn't there we are all part of one body and we all have very different functions and that's by design When we look at other people, we shouldn't say, oh wow, I wish I could do what they do. No, we celebrate what they do and support what they do. Because in some way, at some point, that other person that we admire so much is going to support me in whatever I'm trying to do. We are designed to work together, to be one body in Christ. So whatever talents you have, What other gifts you have, they are useful. And maybe you haven't found the way that God wants to use you yet, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but you matter. Your abilities matter. Your gifts and your talents matter. Part of discipleship, walking with God, walking with others, and walking with God's word, is realizing that you have something to offer the kingdom of God. It may not look like what other people have, but you have something. And it's important to bring out that talent, that gift, that ability to serve God's kingdom. So we all have these unique roles, but we need each other to work together. And what I can't do is an opportunity for me to get to know and rely upon someone else that God has uniquely created and equipped for that thing that I can't do. There's lots of things I can't do. We're not gonna go into that list. But anytime I can't do something or I can't do something as well as someone else, that's my opportunity to get to know and work with someone that God has created and God has equipped for that particular task. It's so now reading through the end of verse 24 through verse 26. Instead, God has put the body together giving greater honor to those less honorable, so that there should be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. So we, again, are designed by God to function as one cohesive unit, When we bring our gifts to the table, when we give our talents and our abilities, God uses that in concert with one another to accomplish God's work in the world. And that's a really exciting thing to be a part of. And it's an exciting and important part of discipleship. You have something unique to bring forward that will help edify the kingdom and advance the gospel in the world. So we really need each other. This passage also says that whatever affects one person affects us all. If I'm having a sinus headache, that's gonna affect my entire body and make my entire body feel really crummy. And I'm just gonna wanna take the day off and rest. So when one of us suffers, we all should suffer. When one of us is happy, we should all rejoice with them. That doesn't mean we don't have our individual challenges, but it means we're unified because we all have our unique functions in life. So Paul writes about these kinds of ideas in a lot of different places. Romans 12 is another example. We're not going to read it right now, but he uses very similar language about how we all have our unique abilities and unique ways to serve the kingdom of God. We all have something to bring to the table. No matter what stage of life we're in, no matter what we think we're capable of, or what we wish we were capable of, we have something important to offer God's kingdom now sometimes like I said earlier are some gifts seem very spiritual like gifts of prophecy or speaking in tongues gifts of teaching or wisdom or um, having a word to share with someone these gifts seem very spiritual sometimes though God gives us very practical gifts and these are evident in multiple places throughout Scripture one notable example is Exodus 35 At this point, the Israelites are wandering through the desert and God wants to give them a place of worship. So God gives them instructions for how to build the tabernacle, which is essentially a large tent that functions similarly to the way a temple might. So God gives them these instructions for this tent and then Various craftspeople throughout the nation of Israel come together and they use these practical abilities of sewing and sculpting and construction to help build this tabernacle, which can be set up and uh, and taken down to worship with them on a mobile basis. So God uses very practical abilities to bring people together for God's glory to create this tabernacle for worship likewise in matthew 25 verses 14 through 21 there is a parable that jesus tells about a few different people that are given certain amounts of money to invest and a couple of these people invest this money successfully so here we see people that are given gifts in business in investing and they are able to support god's kingdom in different ways too there's a huge range Of gifts that are available for the kingdom of God. I often think of my dad in some of this conversation because my dad is very gifted in construction. He spent years kind of learning his trade um, just by kind of apprenticing himself as we are apprentices of Jesus. He apprenticed himself in essence to people who knew more and over time he just learned all the tricks of the trade to the point where he could have his own small business building homes. At the same time, he was using those gifts for God's kingdom. He helped build the church that he and my mom served at for many, many years, physically build the church, literally putting up the walls. He spent time helping out people that have had their homes damaged by flooding. He has spent time in places like Honduras to help assist people there with construction. He's always willing to give those gifts to other people and help them with construction projects and help them troubleshoot problems that they've had in their homes so that God's kingdom can be advanced. It may seem like a practical and non-spiritual thing, but when you use your gifts and services for other people, it's a very spiritual thing. And I'm very honored and grateful to have that example in my life. Now, I also wanna say that as important as it is for us to find out what our gifting is and use that gifting for God's kingdom, it's also important to know that sometimes we have to give of our abilities in ways that we're not comfortable with, in ways that surprise us and push us beyond what our gifting is. I think of the story of Moses in Exodus 4, when God is calling Moses, into um, a role of leading God's people out of slavery in Egypt, Moses is very hesitant because Moses has fears about public speaking. And he also struggles with what a lot of Bible scholars think is some sort of speech impediment. So let's read here in uh, Exodus 4, verses 10 through 12. But Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently, or since you have been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and tongue are sluggish. So right here in verse 10, Moses is saying, I don't think I can do this whole public speaking thing, God. You're calling me into something that I don't feel equipped for. In fact, I feel a deficit here. I am sluggish in my tongue. That's where a lot of people think that maybe he had a stammering problem or some other sort of speech impediment. But God responds to him in verses 11 and 12 and says, The Lord said, Who placed a mouth on humans? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. So here Moses is saying, I don't have the gifts or abilities that you're calling me to go use. But God says, Go anyway. I'm going to empower you and I'm going to equip you. I've experienced this in my own life. There was a couple of occasions where I went on mission trips to Honduras in 2013 and 2014 to help support a water project that was under construction. This involved a lot of digging trenches, very, very heavy physical labor, extremely challenging. And as I was doing this, I was like, I am not equipped for this. Like. I've done some construction concrete work in my past, but this was a whole other level of difficulty and challenge. And I was just like, this is not me. (laughs) I do not know how to do this for as long as this takes. I tire out way too easily. I don't enjoy this, but I was blown away because I was seeing so many other people that were in my group that was on this mission trip doing amazing acts of service for God's kingdom. And I thought, wow, this is really great for me to be here. I am glad that God is pushing me out of my comfort zone and making me do things that I don't feel are within my talents and my abilities. But what that motivated and inspired me to do was say, okay, God, so if this isn't the way to use my talents and my abilities, what is? That started me on a discerning process where I spoke to other people, I spent time in prayer, and I thought about what God has equipped me to do. And that's when I started getting involved with the Faith Covenant Youth Ministry as a volunteer adult leader. And long story short, there was a progression of events that led me into ministry on a full-time basis now. So sometimes we have to be pushed out of our comfort zone in order for us to help discover what our spiritual gifts are. So it's really important that no matter where we're at, we are open to what God may wanna do in us and through us. We certainly have gifts and abilities and talents where God has said, I have made you and designed you to excel in this area. And it's up to us to discern what that is and serve and give those gifts and talents and abilities accordingly. At the same time, we have to also remember that sometimes we need to be pushed out of our comfort zone. Our abilities and our talents are not meant to kind of keep us in a safe bubble where we feel like we can thrive. We do need to find that place of thriving. That's important, but we also need to be able and willing to expand and have God work through us in surprising ways. I want to kind of wrap up the conversation with Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, because I think it helps us understand the motivation with which we give and do any work on God's behalf. So it reads, again, Colossians 3, 23 through 24, Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. I think this is really important, no matter if we're giving of our gifts, our talents, our abilities in a context of volunteering and service, or if we're in our vocational work where we're earning an income, perhaps. We have to do all things as if working for God that's the attitude that we are called to have. And when we do that, then there is just so much more fruit of the Spirit and God works in such incredible ways, more so than if we're just working for ourselves and our own benefit. So I just wanna really thank you for taking the time to listen to this or to watch this please feel free uh, free to share this with your friends, with family, and come back to this if you ever think like you need a little bit of a refresher. So next week, we're going to be talking about what it means to be giving of our time in God's kingdom. I hope you join us for that discussion, and I hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you.